It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Wolves postcast. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Jack Borman. The Timberwolves complete a double-digit second-half comeback. They are 2-0 and with the in-season tournament. They've won seven in a row. This one was bizarre and enthralling. Let's talk about it on the Lockdown Wolves postcast. You are Lockdown Wolves postcast, part of Lockdown Minnesota on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Wolves after dark. Thanks for staying up late with us. The Wolves beat the Warriors 104-101. And oh my goodness, what were they doing on the final inbounds play? Doesn't matter. Timberwolves survive in a game that had a little bit of everything. It was chippy. We had ejections before there was a point. We had a vintage cat game offensively. We had Rudy frustrations. We had a random warrior going off in this game. And the Wolves almost blew it, but they come back in the second half. I'm Sam Ekstrom, filling in for Luke Inman, who's on vacation this week. That's Jack Borman, managing editor and writer at Canis Hoopus. He joins uh, for every single road game, most of the games with Luke. Jack, what did we just see? I have no idea uh, <laughs> to, to answer it, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just from the start, I think um, – you know, the emotions of this game were just crazy to begin with, considering, you know, what happened uh, in that last game with Chris Paul rolling up on Mike Conley. You had, you know, Draymond talking at Ant, asking him what he's going to do about it. And then Ant comes down and, and, you know, closes the game with 10 points, really efficient shooting. And then, you know, we have that fight, like you said, um, you know, a minute and what was it, a minute and 43 seconds into the game, something like that. The, yes. The, First time in NBA, ABA history where players were ejected before points were scored. And you just knew, like, th this was going to be a game where the Warriors were just going to try to punk the Timberwolves. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, all the pressure immediately shifted onto the Timberwolves, right? Because, you know, people have called this Timberwolves team soft. They've, um, you know, had a really tough time responding to adversity like this in the past. And, um, you know, it really looked that way for three quarters before, um, you know, all the adults in the room really got it to the finish line there in the fourth quarter. But, man, that game was just off the rails from from the start and, and never really got back on track. <laughs> I like the adults got it home for the Timberwolves, the Kyle Andersons, the, the Mike Connollys, the stabilizers. They needed stabilizers in this game. By the way, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. We appreciate their partnership. Uh, make every moment more, folks. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, and make sure to check out the 24-7 YouTube live stream we're running here at Locked On Sports Minnesota as well. We would appreciate that. And find all of our postcasts, not just Wolves, but Vikings and Gophers football as well. Eventually, Minnesota Twins once April comes around. Um, so let's just revisit the ejections. Let's we'll start where the game started. Occasionally in hockey, you'll see a line brawl off the opening faceoff where there's just this built up tension. Maybe you'll see it in a playoff series. And this resembled that, Jack, because they played each other two nights ago. You had the epic Draymond Anthony Edwards exchange. Edwards goes off, takes over the game in the fourth quarter. 
Um, and that shows up immediately tonight. Now, McDaniels and Clay Thompson mix it up. And if I'm assigning blame to who instigated that, it's hard to say that might be 60% McDaniels, maybe taking that a little further than it needed to go. Draymond Green inexplicably comes in and suffocates Rudy Gobert and puts him in a headlock. And the the Timberwolves basically exchange like their night for getting a bishop and a rook on I think <laughs> think of it as a chess move, a right? Like couple, couple key couple key pieces gone for Golden State there. So they don't have Curry out with a, a knee, or is it an ankle? It doesn't matter. Um, they don't have clay. They don't have Draymond. I think it's just savvy load management on the warriors part. They just wanted their guys to, to get a night. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's, you know, a fair <laughs> way of putting it. Draymond green certainly looked like he had no interest in, in playing with Stephen Curry, not out there. Um, I mean, I, I would assign all the blame on clay Thompson. Like if you put your hand up in a guy's, you know, neck from, you know, 20 feet away from the basket, like you're asking for trouble, let alone someone like Jane McDaniels, who absolutely is not going to sit there and take that. I mean, the other thing you have to remember is Rudy Gobert was not guarding Draymond. Like he was guarding Draymond Green in the last game, but wasn't guarding. Like he was playing so far off of him. And whenever Draymond Green got inside the lane, Rudy was right there and um, and kind of punked him, honestly, in that last game. And so it kind of felt like Draymond Green was just ready to get physical and, and retaliate against Rudy Gobert in some capacity. Like he just went right for Rudy Gobert, knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and, and, you know, very clearly just tried to make a point out of everything that was happening there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just hard to say that, that those two guys had any interest in, in playing in this game, um, which is, which is kind of crazy considering, you know, the, the stakes of it after what happened on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, I guess small fish for the Warriors who have won NBA titles and have a bunch of old guys and they, they don't probably care about this tournament, but what's crazy is that you might say that Wiggins and Paul would have been the two next most reliable guys that they would lean on in this game. And I thought they were both terrible. I thought Wiggins was terrible. Paul He's been made terrible couple, all year. He has been. He's been, yeah, this has been like Wiggins. There's a couple stretches in for the Wolves where Wiggins looked like this. Um, Paul made a couple big shots late. And, you know, he, he engineers a lot of that offense and he keeps the ball moving pretty well. But I thought he was well below average too. His mid-range seems to have dried up. They're leaning on Kevon Looney, uh, Brandon Przenski, and Dario Saric. The revenge game wasn't Wiggins. It was Saric tonight, and the Wolves fall behind by as many as 12 in the second half. There were some maddening stretches. I even got my Rudy Gobert hand out to do this show in. Rudy Gobert had an oven mitt on in this game. Like He could not grasp the ball. You could not lob him the ball. He was missing dunks. But then at the end, he comes up with a massive closeout for a tip three. And it's like, all right, all's forgiven. You you did the the defense thing, and that's why you're on this team. Yeah, and another big play from Rudy. I mean, you you want to you want to start with Rudy and look at what he did in the fourth quarter. I mean, defended his ass off to start the quarter. I mean, he he blocked two shots right at the rim. He had another great closeout to Chris Paul in the in the corner. Um, contested to Wiggins in the slot, uh, which was great, uh, and then got that offensive rebound and went back up with it. And that was Wiggins' fifth foul of the game. And, like, say what you want about Wiggins on the offensive end, but, you know, and, and this is very different from his time here, but he's become a really important defensive piece. Like, he was the most important defensive player guarding, you know, the opposing team's best players every night when they had that finals and that championship run a couple years ago. 
Um, and so not having him on the floor was big. It kind of allowed the Wolves to get in the middle of the floor and penetrate and spray the ball out, which led to all these threes. Um, but and you talked about it too with Carl. So something that that I was I kind of took note of and went back and looked at kind of in the flow of the game. Carl Anthony Towns had you know game tying three. Then Ant gets beat back door by Peyton. Then he comes back with another game, you know, go ahead three and then mm. give up a score and then a go ahead assist to Nikhil Alexander Walker. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns had five made shots or assists to either tie the game or go ahead in, in the fourth quarter alone, which is Great pretty stat. remarkable. Yeah. And, it, and it felt like that too. I mean, every single time they needed a bucket, they got one from him. He hit that, you know, really tough step back uh, in the mid range on the right side of the court. Um, he just had it going and, and it really goes to show that, you know, this Timberwolves team can survive a terrible game from Anthony Edwards, even when, you know, everything looks like it's gone to hell and they're down and out. I mean, you know, without Carl Anthony Towns, they don't even sniff, uh, you know, being within 10 points of, uh, of a, of a B squad, not even a JV team, a B squad warriors <laughs> team. Um, and so there's not really a whole lot more that you can say about, you know, about those two guys. And then when Mike Conley got in the mix, he, he didn't really have the ball in his hands much, which I really don't agree with down the stretch of the game. But Anthony Edwards just made a crazy good skip passes. One of the best playmaking sequences he's maybe ever had mm -hmm. to find Mike in the corner. And, and he's shooting like four, I want to say he's shooting over 50% on corner threes so far this season. And um, man, uh, the one from one of the worst Timberwolves losses in maybe the last five or six years to, just, you know, saying your prayers before you go to bed tonight, thanking, you know, whoever you thank for, for the Wolves pulling that out. We've we've seen that loss so many times, but the expectation's never been as high as it is right now with as hot as this team is. And to, to literally have Draymond and Clay out of the game before they score a point, it, it probably should have been a double-digit win. But you play the game that, that formulates, and the Wolves, for the final quarter quarter and a half they did everything they needed to do carl anthony towns since his seven point foul out clunker in the boston win 23 against new orleans um and then 29 and 12 21 and 14 33 and 11 tonight that's four straight excellent games from carl anthony towns he's back and and anthony edwards who had some questionable decision making tonight has this knack jack to just flip that switch often in the fourth quarter where it's not going great for him, but he comes up with just enough plays when you need him. Love the unselfishness on that skip pass to Conley. And how big was Conley in this game? I mean, I still think they robbed him of a point on that, that pull up three that they called a three and then they never gave him the three. I was bitter about that. Um, but the, the stability that he brought Edwards turning it on in the fourth quarter if that's going to be the MO for this team, if they can just like dominate fourth quarters all the time like this, I'm in. That's awesome. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, what Ant has been doing has been just kind of seeing what the defense gives him. Right. You know, he's he had single coverage when he hit that in that big three at the end of the shot clock. You no, know, no one was there. Just an ISO easy step in, pull up three for him there. But, you know, at the end of the I mean, all game, the Warriors were bringing two to the ball. They were hard hedging. So, you know, the guy defending the screener was kind of up there at the level of what the Wolves did a couple of years ago in that series against Memphis, against Ja, to try to force Ant to go more east to west than north-south. And for the majority of the game, Ant, 
you know, didn't really try to get all the way around um, and, and beat guys to the baseline. He just kind of floated around the perimeter and was was pretty, um, you know, was pretty passive. And then the fourth quarter really tried to start getting around those screens and and flying around. And that's what created that big play to Conley. And so in the fourth quarter is now what Ant's been doing. If he's got single coverage, it's more of an ISO and a pull up. But if, if guys are coming to him, he's been, you know, much improved playmaker and trying to get guys the ball in his spots, especially with those skip passes to the opposite corner. Um, but with Mike Conley, I think, you know, Mike forced two turnovers. Uh, I think actually three turnovers. Um, if you count that, that moving screen on Wiggins, um, which is really, really important. And he has a, he has a great knack for doing that in the fourth quarter. Um, which is a huge thing that can totally turn the tide of a game. Uh, Cause I feel like moving screens just like piss an offense off more than anything else in the world. Um, and, and it just feels like he has a really good sense of, of, you know, knowing who needs the ball on a given possession. Right. And, you know, when Carl had it going, it was really getting the ball to Carl. And then, you know, once the defense was, you know, really cheating up and playing close to Carl and staying attached to him, it just opens up the spacing for everyone else. And then that's a good time to get Ant involved. And we saw that's what he did. And you know, the great thing for Mike is he's totally, you know, an unselfish guy, an awesome teammate, totally willing to stand in the corner and, and space mm-hmm. the floor and let, you know, the other two guys in the team that are that are playing well kind of be the main uh, guys in that action. And then, you know, when his moment is, when his number is called, like it was, uh, you know, in a way that it isn't normally called and that, that spot up corner three spot, you know, he was ready for it and, and put the game on ice. And, um, you know, you just can't say enough about what he's given this, this Timberwolves team um, since he was acquired um, back, back in February um, from a morale standpoint, from a timely, you know, D'Lo is this big shot fourth quarter, you know, that's the marketing with him, but, but Mike Conley is who you should actually be, be marketing all that stuff for. Cause man, it just seems like every single time that this Timberwolves team needs a play on offense or on defense. Um, you know, he's a guy that's, that's going to, going to be able to give it to him. And, oh man, he just makes he's you feel the biggest safe, difference. doesn't he? He makes he's you the feel biggest safe. difference between last year's team and this year's team. And for I sure. think it's no, it's, it's noticeable. Um, three of four from three tonight should have been four or five, 13 points, eight assists. <laughs> Big night for Mike. I'm so bitter about the lost point. Mike Conley, big performance. Uh, just getting started here in the Lockdown Wolves postcast. Uh, we're going to talk about what's next for the Wolves. Quick turnaround against Phoenix. Uh, we'll reflect more on this winning streak. Maybe even give some more love to Brandon Pajensky, um, since we're you know giving love to lefty guards right now. But uh, first, a word from Ibotta. Yes, today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? Well, this year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Download the Ibotta uh, Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. 
All right. Thank you, all of you that are in the live room right now. We appreciate that. Of course, you can watch this back on demand, Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Also, listen to it wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed or the Locked On Wolves podcast feed, which also has all the Locked On Wolves episodes with host Ben Beacon. The Minnesota Basketball Party will be talking plenty about this game and tomorrow's game as well that'll be wednesday afternoon here on locked on sports minnesota we get reggie wilson ben beacon involved uh ron johnson as well for a good round table discussion so the wolves have won seven in a row now jack they are eight and two have to look at what else happened in the west tonight but they entered the day just half a game back in the west standings um as we speak real-time update denver won tonight so they're nine and two wolves are still half a game back they play phoenix in about 20 hours. And Phoenix going to be a little more loaded than Golden State was. They get Devin Booker back. They've got KD. That is a good basketball team. Uh, early thoughts on this quick turnaround for the Wolves. And and they had to have this one. Because if you're going to lose to the B-team Warriors um, and then go play the Suns, that's going to be a tough turnaround. Maybe running on fumes tomorrow against Phoenix, but uh, feels better to make that trip having won this game. Yeah, I could not care less if they lose tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is is an all-time house money game. Um, you know, this one mattered way more than tomorrow because it was an in-season tournament game. And you look at the Thunder, I think, won by like 36 or 37 points, and point differential is the second tiebreaker. Um, so starting 2-0, and having firm control of that group is, is really important um, for, from that. But uh, for Phoenix, uh, Phoenix's offense so far has been terrible. It's been a ton of ISO ball and a ton of guys that shouldn't be shooting the ball, shooting the ball because Devin Booker and Bradley Beal uh, have been out. Um, Beal's been dealing with uh, some back issues and and Devin Booker's had a bunch of lower body injuries from a calf injury to an ankle injury to a toe injury. Um, and so this is the first time in the regular season all three guys are going to be playing together. Um, so there's going to be a ton of energy in that building. Um, and, and, you know, the good thing, I guess, is that Jaden McDaniels will, I I think he's going to be able to play tomorrow. I, I don't know what the rules are surrounding. Yeah. So if, if he's able to play, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a big thing that he's going to be healthy and ready to go on Kevin Durant and that, you know, hopefully Ant and Nikhil um, will be able to, you know, at least make things a little bit tougher for, for Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. But um, you know, this is another great game for for Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert to really make an impact on this game because, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has feasted against Yusuf Nurkic in the past, who's a starting center now for the Suns, was in Portland forever. Um, you know, and Kevin Durant has been playing the four there um, because they've been starting Josh Akogi, old friend, um, you know, at that that two, hybrid kind of two, three spot to be their their primary uh, wing defender. So those guys are going to be able to have their way inside. And, and if Anthony Edwards still has the energy for it, um, you know, should be another game where he's going to be able to get into the paint and the Timberwolves can be aggressive there. It's just going to come down to, you know, how much legs do they have, uh, you know, defensively to be able to slow down, you know, three of the games, you know, top whatever scores and, and Durant, Beal and, and, and Booker and, and, you know, a game will have a lot of energy for it. Yeah, I watched Durant against the Lakers in the first in-season tournament game, and I thought he looked fantastic in that game. They lost to L.A., but I thought Durant was great. I would be shocked if McDaniels didn't play for some reason. I mean, I think I think the punishment ends at the ejection tonight. Quick prediction, Draymond. What happens with Draymond? I think he's going to get suspended for at least like three or four games. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, he was – 
saying some crazy stuff in the game before. And then, you know, the game before Sunday, they played in uh, they, they hosted the, the yeah, Warriors, Donovan the, Mitchell, the Cavs, I think. And, and he went at Donovan Mitchell and got, you know, and got ejected for for that. So it's a second ejection in three games. Um, and then the game he didn't get ejected was just behaving like a, a crazy person. Um, so uh, I, I think that I think that the league is going to look at this and just you know, say that he needs to cool off for, for more than just a game or two. Um, so, but we'll see, you know, it's Draymond green. So you never know. Um, it's a five game road trip. The wolves are currently on. They are three, and zero. they've beaten Wemby, the warriors in full, and then the partial warriors. Um, they've also got wins against the Celtics, the nuggets and the undermanned Miami heat. It's a pretty nice resume through the first 10 games of the year. Wolves are eight and two right now. They have the Suns and the Pelicans on the road before returning home for a good three-game homestand. Um, but in this in-season tournament now, Wolves are two and zero in the pool, and that's important because the head-to-head is a tiebreaker that will matter. You're going to have a lot of tiebreakers in a four-game, you know, pool play round. So now they own the tiebreaker over the Warriors, which is key. And now they've got the next two at home. Like the Wolves are are very likely going to Vegas here, Jack. Do you have your tickets booked? I don't. Uh, I'm going to be joining Luke on the vacation train. I will be in Florida that week. Um, so I, w- I will not be going to Vegas. Wrong coast. Um, yeah, wrong coast. I line. know. I know. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the Timberwolves game versus the Thunder is what's going to really matter. Um, so if the Timberwolves are able to beat the Thunder, um they will clinch uh you know barring the kings you know doing something you know absolutely crazy they will clinch uh group c if they're able to beat the thunder because the like i said earlier the second tiebreaker is point differential and the thunder are leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else in that because the wolves have two close wins um but yeah i think it's really important because you know the wolves are going to be playing in some higher stakes games and you know you can sit sit here and say what you want about the in-season tournament but the the quality of play and the intensity of these games has unquestionably unquestionably been significantly higher than your standard regular season games and you know if the Timberwolves are able to go 4-0 and they host you know another team in that that quarterfinal game you know that's going to be an awesome crowd at Target Center that's going to have a ton of energy and then you know they win that you go to Vegas I think everyone's going to really be playing hard uh, in Vegas, especially considering, you know, some of the money that's on the line. Also for the coaches, there's a ton of money on the line for coaches too. And I think that'll motivate some players. So um, yeah, I I mean, again, the Wolves are are taking care of business. They absolutely should have won the first game. They absolutely should have won this game, which is good. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just good for them to get some more kind of simulated, I, you know, guess, you know, higher stakes games because Nas Reed didn't play in the playoffs at all last year. Neither did Jaden McDaniels because of injuries. So, you know, the Wolves will take any learning experiences they can get. And to be able to kind of pad your resume a little bit, I guess, with with some more of these games against really good teams and in those situations is crucial. Could be a de facto home game for the Wolves in Vegas for that championship with the Vikings in town that same week. Absolutely. It'd be an epic Vegas week for Minnesota uh, vacationers. Let's uh, do a little Bill Simmons trick. Guess the line. For tomorrow at Phoenix, what do you think it is? I'm on FanDuel right now. Uh, Suns minus five and a half. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, minus six is the line right now um, in Phoenix. Minus uh, two fifty is the money line for Phoenix. That line is at FanDuel, one of our good partners for tonight's postcast. We still got more to come, but let's tell you a little bit more about FanDuel. 
Uh, at FanDuel, you can find all the great promotions, including the following $5 money line wager. That's all it takes. You have to win that bet, and you can get $150 in bonus bets deposited straight to your account. So, for instance, you could bet the Wolves plus 205 on the money line tomorrow. If they pull the upset, uh, then you get $150 in bonus bets. Or you could, you know, take a higher likelihood and do the Cavaliers minus 460 against the Blazers on a back to back. And that could get you $150 in bonus bets. And then when you've got the bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on, spreads, player props, over unders, plenty more. You've got hockey, you've got football, you've got basketball, pro and college, all the options, every line, every league, as I like to say, at FanDuel. They're an official partner of the NFL. You can also bet basketball at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. All right, let's clean up some loose ends from this one, and then we'll let the people go to bed. Thanks for staying up with us past midnight tonight on the Locked on Wolves postcast. A um, little bio on Brandon Pozemski, uh, having trouble with the name. He's the Warriors' first-round pick, 20 years old, played for Illinois and Santa Clara in college. Looked good. Looked smooth. Um, you, you you think the Warriors can't add any more firepower, and, and then they do get someone like that, who may have just played himself like into a role on this team, because that is an offensively punchless group. This isn't the Locked on Warriors postcast. I don't want to spend too long on this, but... I do want to, you know, give him his flowers. He played well tonight, banked in a three at the end of the third quarter. Don't know if he called it, but I thought that he almost single-handedly kept them afloat sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Pajemski too had a had a really unique up, you know, coming up, played on the prep hoop circuit, didn't play on any of the, you know, any of the big circuits of Nike or Adidas or Under Armour, was really under recruited. Um and and yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for um, for Pajemski tonight is, you know, he, he was just playing with a ton of energy, right? You now he was, he was making all the, all the right hustle plays defensively. You know, he found himself, you know, rotating at the bottom of the defense off the, the guy in the corner as a low man helper and was, was fantastic in that role, um, defensively. And I think that's where it all started for him. And then from there, um, you know, kind of played his way into the game offensively, made a couple of huge shots in that, that first quarter, um, and just a super confident player, right? You know, a guy that's just kind of leaving everything out there. You know, he's got absolutely nothing to lose playing in a game like this, you know, where they're down and out. No one's giving them any chance. And that's, you know, when you consider his background and how many people counted him out and, you know, he couldn't see the floor at Illinois a year and a half ago. And and now he's mm-hmm. on the big stage in, in San Francisco playing like this. And, you know, that's got to give a guy like this a ton of confidence, right? And, um, you know, all credit to him for for stepping up and, and taking some confident shots and to the Warriors just feeding him. Right. You know, he scored eight points in one minute on Sunday and just kind of kept that rolling into tonight where, um, yeah. you know, it just felt like every shot he took, you felt like it was going in. And I'm sure that he felt the exact same way. And all of his teammates did, too. And, you know, all of his teammates fed off of that energy. And, um, you know, he's a great example of, you know, being ready when your numbers called. And, um, but yeah, like you said, certainly could play his way into a rotation spot um for the Warriors and um you know that's that's exactly what they need now considering you know how inconsistent their scoring has been outside of Steph so far this season uh I think tomorrow's got to be a Nas game for the Wolves to have a chance against Phoenix Nas might be a little fresher only played 16 minutes got into foul trouble picked up a technical in this game by the way I told Ron Johnson on the Ron Johnson show this morning over under at two and a half technicals in this game I saw that and we and we had 
four, I guess, or would it be six? Two, three ejections would be six technicals and then one on Nas. So I, I think, think it the was final four. was seven. I, so I think they gave Draymond a flagrant two. Ah, um, yeah. Okay. And they gave Clay and so two double technicals and then <laughs> and then the flagrant two. You don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. So bench tonight wasn't great. Didn't kill the Wolves. Kyle Anderson gave good minutes like he always does. Wasn't super efficient shooting, but he did other stuff well. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you know, did other stuff well. Not always about scoring. Nas, I thought, was a liability on defense. And obviously the foul trouble didn't help. And it would have been nice to lean a little more on Nas with Rudy, I, I thought, playing the way he was in the middle portion of the game. But, um, you know, this is going to happen from time to time where Nas is going to struggle on defense that like the opposite of Rudy, he is employed because he is instant microwave scoring. And on occasion, he's going to get exposed on the, on that end of the floor. For sure. I mean, you look at all the games that Nas Reed has played against the golden state warriors. It would not surprise me if Nas averages more points per game against the warriors than any other team, because they haven't ever had a backup five that can deal with his size and power and physicality. But, you know, I think it was kind of funny that, you know, his defensive game tonight was, you know, basically exactly what he did in, in the past two or three years that gave everybody pause at the idea of him playing more of the four and playing more on the perimeters that he got beat off the dribble a ton, even by slower guys. And then, you know, instead of just kind of, you know, maintaining that space between, you know, his defender and the rim, excuse me, really crowded defenders and, and was off balance and, and guys just got into him and he was late, you know, uh, late, uh, you know, kind of getting off the bounce with, with guys, or excuse me, like staying with guys that were getting off the bounce and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he committed three or four fouls that way. And, and, you know, I think the thing for Nas is the ability to just say, you know what, the team won, we just got to flush this one, move on to tomorrow. The great thing about someone like him is he's going to want to play hard tomorrow and want to really, you know, make, make an improvement on, on his effort today. And I think, um, he's really going to be ready to go because again, it's the same thing with Phoenix. You know, Phoenix's backup five is Drew Eubanks, who, does not scare anybody. Um, and Nasrid is going to be able to attack him, you know, as much as he wants, um, especially if, if Drew Eubanks has to guard in space. That's not something he's going to be able to do very well. So, um, yeah, but like you said, you know, I think, you know, Shake Milton had a couple of, you know, important moments tonight as well as a guy I don't know if you mentioned, but had two and ones uh, at, the, yep. at the end of that third quarter to help kind of cut into the lead. And, and slow-mo, I thought, you know, it was a huge difference in this one, just in kind of controlling the the offense and getting everybody under control and and moving kind of as one in the half court, which is important. Um, but yeah, like you said, Nikhil Alexander Walker too. Um, you know, not his best defensive game, um, but his you know B or B minus defensive game is is the A game for a lot of other guys, and that's just such a luxury that you know that you can tap into that when uh, you know when Jaden McDaniel's is is out like he was. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, how much better these bench guys can be against a very, very short uh, and, and rather ineffective bench for, for a Phoenix Suns team that is, you know, all in uh, financially. Yeah. Can the Wolves keep it going in a back-to-back? They've won seven in a row. They're perfect in the in-season tournament. This team is rolling. The Wolves don't want to be the, the team to break the winning ways. They got the Vikings who can't lose. The Wolves can't lose. Neither of them want to be the one to end the good vibes we have right now in Minnesota. Uh, we'll keep it going tomorrow. Jack and I will be back right here. That's an 8 o'clock Central start, I believe. So probably Correct. about 10.30 we'll be here. Uh, 
big crowd tonight. Thank you all for chiming in in the comments. I'm reading all of them. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the opinions. You can find Jack Borman's work at Canis Hoopus. You can find a lot more Minnesota sports talk, including the Minnesota basketball party here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Find the audio of this show on the Locked On Wolves feed as well. For Jack Borman, I'm Sam Ekstrom filling in for Luke Inman tonight. We appreciate you watching and listening. Wolves are eight and two. That's awesome. See you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.